0: Okay, so moving to text messages. Uh so many of us, I am sure, have been praying for the little girl that was found. Let's face mm. it, it's a miracle. God is good. As you said, eighteen days is a long time. Yeah. And we kind of well, I think that um we actually need to continue praying for this little girl. Mm. Because Eighteen days is a long time. We don't know what trauma she's been through. Mm. Uh, we know what trauma her family's been through, and we need to pray for Cleo and her family as they heal. They're gonna. It's going to take time for them to all to heal now and to come back to normal again. All right. Uh, and then in relationship to that story, I did mention that would we have had the same intensity of compassion? Would we have had people, churches gathering together to pray? Would we have been putting in the level of effort that we put in if this had been some random homeless person with a mental illness who had suddenly just vanished? And um, the text message is here, You're correct, Lyle, Jesus is no respecter of man. We are all of the same value to him because when Jesus died on Calvary, he died for Cleo as well as for you know the homeless person with a mental illness who may have gone missing. Okay, the cost to be a Christian: hundred kilograms of pork and a ninety-dollar fine. Persecution is common in fifty nations around the world. Most Christians in the West have no understanding of the cost. For millions of Christians, uh, in the future, it will cost us the willingness to give our lives to worship Christ on His holy day. And so, you know, a very va- valid um, message, text message right here. And this is one of the reasons why we have Etienne McClintock come on once a month, once a month from Voice of the Martyrs, just to highlight. Uh, what is actually happening in our world because mm. we do live in such a privileged country mm. and it is so hard to be a Christian in so many different parts of the world and we should be incredibly thankful for that. All right. Uh, the banner was telling you, this is the banner outside of the church that uh, said we should, the most important message to preach is Christ crucified rather than climate change. And uh, the banner was telling the truth. It was really a perfect place to arise for Christ. Climate change is just hot air, <laughs> which will rise and dissipate. Jesus will stand forever. This is... this is this, this, that, <laughs> That's so funny. That is well put. Climate change is just hot air. <laughs> I can see a meme coming out of this Dude, one. Dude, that
1: is... That, that That's is meme-worthy. That, co- meme
0: that is great. <laughs> that is like... Really well put, uh, dear. By the way, uh, oh, huh. This is, by the way, Lyle. How was your trip yesterday? You did lots of kilometers. Glad you oh, got back safely. That's right. Yeah. I did. I got back at ten o'clock last night.
1: <laughs> Man, you
0: were. I left. I left around. before the show was over, mm. and I hit the road, and I was on the road until ten o'clock last night, dude. I've been there. I've been everywhere. I made all kinds of stops. It was. Highly successful. Um, I got to witness to people. Mm. I got to talk about end time events and Bible prophecy with a random person who is buying Holden Jackaroo parts off of me, <laughs> um, and 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 you know talk about end times and you know all kinds of you know what will what will happen in the future mm. and. Yeah, what 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 the solution is, and 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 he was talking about. Well, you know, I want to have a country in the property, a, a property in the country, and have somewhere I can go when when things go badly. Mm. And you know, all it was great, It was fantastic, dude. Yeah, it was just the best stuff ever. So yeah, praise God, very successful day. That's awesome. I saved up all of my all of my Sydney things I needed to do and did them all in one day. So I'd I think I ended up with seven stops, stopped in seven different places. Wow. So so
1: when you got home last night at ten PM Yes. How hard did your head hit the bed?
0: Pretty hard. You just there was a few things um I had to take care of, uh, you know, a bunch of messages, mm-hmm. um, a few emails, bits and pieces like that. But it hit the It wasn't so how hard it hit the bed hit the pillow when I went to bed, it was it was how hard it was stuck to the pillow when the alarm clock went off oh, this morning. Totally, yeah. It was just it was super glued there. Alarm clock went off. I'm like, oh, just kill that thing. <laughs> and, and you might think, okay, ten o'clock. That's not late at night at all. Most of you are thinking, it's not even late. But that's because not because you're not doing breakfast radio five days a week. Yeah, that's right. You're not getting up at four thirty in the morning every day to prepare a breakfast show, so. Feed.
1: I'm not going to get into my day yesterday, but I had a super long day yesterday and I oh. got home. I got home at like 8 PM.
0: Food pharmacy? Yeah. Food
1: pharmacy and then Bible studies driving around Newcastle. Like just, just, you know, just flat out again, cause it's breakfast radio followed by just flat out work. It's um, a
0: 14 hour day for Lawson at
1: least. Yeah, I got home at like 8 PM. Yes. And I legit walk in the door, walk, like stumble up my stairs, walk into my bedroom and just just fell on the bed, man. Like that was it. I um luckily on the way down I plugged my phone into the charger. But as soon as I laid down, I was just gone. Like that's the <laughs> thing. Because like, breakfast radio, it just it's just like such an exertion of energy at the start of the day and then the rest of the day you're just like ah, just
0: you know, getting getting through. It's good it's
1: good stuff.
0: Fantastic. All right. Uh of course the great thing about being able to go to Sydney and back is that if you have the faith FM app, you can listen to Faith FM yes, the whole time. of course. And uh, just take it with you because we don't have that many transmitters in the Sydney area. So mm-hmm. uh, if you're down in that region or whatever, the app is the go. Mm. All right, let's go to our Bible study. Because we're studying the book of Deuteronomy, let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. Epic. And we're going to read verses 5 through 9. Chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 through 9. Go for it, Lawson. All right, the Bible says this. Look I now
1: teach you the decrees and the regulations just as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy Obey them completely, and you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. When they hear of all these decrees, they will exclaim, how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation, for what great nation has a God near to them, as the Lord our God is near to whenever we call him? On him, And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and as fair as this body of instructions that I am giving you today? But watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourself have seen. Do not let these memories escape your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and your grandchildren.
0: Okay, so Freckles just uh, text through to say that driving is more tiring than work. You reckon? That's what Freco says. Okay. So he reckons I worked harder than you.
1: <laughs> Driving is more tiring than work. Uh-huh. Guys, what do you mean? You just drive and. I, man, I'm just. Listening I'm with Freco. Music. Okay, whatever. Okay, right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Back to our it's Bible
0: study. Let's get back into our Bible study. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 5 to 9. We have uh, right here, we have this passage where God talks about. And we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. Mm -hmm. We're going to delve into it some more. But God talks about how that Israel is the greatest nation on the planet. Yes. And they're not. Totally not. They are like tiny compared to some of the empires. But he's like, no, you're the greatest nation that there is. Mm. But he talks about, in this passage, he specifically talks about what it is that makes them great. Mm. And there's two points that he highlights in this passage. One of them that we've talked about before, and that is the great laws that they have. No other nation has any laws as far as justice go that come close.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: In fact, most of the other nations at this particular period in Earth, Earth's history, particularly nations of this size, the law was whatever the king said when you went before the king for judgment. Mm. You know, the laws were very vague. They were very undefined. There was really no code that people lived by except that if you had a problem, you'd go and see the king, and if he agreed to see you then and hear your case, then he would make a decision on on your case based on what he felt like on the day. Mm. That, that That was what the law was, that people did not have codified laws like Israel had. Israel's got a massive set of series of codified laws as to how people are to behave and what civil penalties apply to various offences and so forth. Mm. And so God says, look, the other nations are going to look on and they're like, what great nation is this? Where is there a greater nation than this? Why are they going to say that? Not because they're a huge nation, not because they're a powerful nation, not because they've got lots of people, not because their empire stretches from horizon to horizon. They are a tiny nation. In many ways they are a micro-nation. And yet God says the whole world will look at you and say you're the greatest nation on the planet. Why? Because of the laws that you have. Mm. Codified, written down laws that are good laws and that are just laws. Yeah, wow. So that's not something you find in other nations. Now, we did talk about this earlier in the week. God goes on here and he highlights something really important that makes them great other than just their laws.
1: Mm. What is that? He continues on um, and he says essentially like, well, what I see here is that they remember
0: God. Yes. 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 There's uh, let me just flick over here. Let me just let me just pull this up myself because my digital one is not bringing up all of the verses that I want right now. So Deuteronomy let me chapter, me four. chapter 4. Yep. Yep, let me have a head over here in the KJV and read it for you from the KJV. Uh, beginning in verse where were we verse 5. verse um, no. 7 actually. For what nation is there so great who has God so near to them? Mm. Now, when you think about the pagan nations that surrounded them. Mm. They certainly had gods, but those gods were preoccupied with their own affairs. Mm. Those gods were uninterested in the affairs of human beings. Those gods would interfere, supposedly, with human affairs if they were paid enough. Mm. In other words, if you made enough sacrifices to them, they might be like, yeah, I'll interfere and try and help out. here." I mean, obviously they didn't because they're not real gods. Uh, but they were not gods that you would have a relationship with. Mm. These were not the kind of gods where you would say, you know, um, Isis is my best friend, Ra is my best friend,
1: Mm.
0: Ishtar is my best friend. These nations didn't have that kind of relationship with their god because their gods gods were off doing their own thing, living their own lives, Mm. and occasionally they would look down on earth and all that earth was for these gods was entertainment. We would just you know, for for all of these pagan gods, whether Egyptian gods, Babylonian gods, or Assyrian gods, or Hittite gods, or whatever they were, Canaanite gods and so forth, our earth to them was nothing more than entertainment. It was TV. Mm. And they would watch, like, oh look at that. You know, and sometimes for their entertainment, they would mess with our earth. And sometimes if people on our earth paid them enough sacrifices, whatever it might be, then they would interfere with things on earth. But for the most part, it was something I sat down in the evenings and sort of had a bit of a watch for a while and then went about doing their own corrupt lives. They were very corrupt gods who had affairs and slept around and had wars and did everything that you know immoral human beings do. Mm. Whereas Israel comes along and they have a God that is a very moral God who lives a moral life who sets a moral standard, but he's also a very close God. Mm. And he is a God who's like, no, I want to be in your home every day. He's not limited to certain locations or certain temples or anything like this. He says, I want to live in your heart. I want to be in your mind. I want to fill you with my spirit. I want to change you. I want to convert you. I want to make you in a different person. I want to be your best friend. I want you to have a relationship with me, a connection. And so this is why God says, okay, you're the greatest nation on the planet. Why is that? Well, number one, you've got the greatest laws because I mm. gave them to you. But number two, what other what other nation out there has a God who says, I want a relationship? Yeah, well. They don't exist. And even today when you stop and think about it, what other religion is there where the God comes along and says, I want a relationship? Hmm even in our Abrahamic religions where we all worship as we all worship Yahweh within, within Islam and, and and I'll make this criticism of Islam and I've got some some just amazing uh, Islamic friends. but my impression is that God is just further away mm. that God is in some way unattainable that God is so great because, you know, and this is the one thing that Islam really does have going for it, is they do recognize the greatness of God more than what we do. But then they make God so great that it almost feels like he's, there's a bit of a disconnect. We, we, you're not somebody that has a personal relationship with. Mm, that's what I'm.
1: That's what I see a lot of. Yeah, within Islam and even Judaism. Judaism this, as well. Is in this first point that's made. What great nation is there that has such great laws? This is the huge point that so many Islamic people make: is like, look at the lives we live. We don't drink, we don't eat pork, and, and
0: there's lots of Jewish Sa- same, people same with Jewish. Yeah, they're like, we don't, you know, we we're so healthy, we're so and just, they're pro- pro- they're, and like they continue so pro- proclaiming the greatness of God. You know, God is great. This is a this is a term that they, that, that that they mm. use all the time, and there's a really good term to use. Yeah. You know, sometimes I I hear Christians make fun of it and you know, Allah Akbar and and, and whatnot, mm. and. The reality is it's a really good term talking about the greatness of God and we should recognize the greatness of God. But I feel
1: like that evidence totally lies on the fact that, oh, look how good we are. Because it's well, you know, it's going to
0: vary from one person to another, yeah, I guess. Yeah,
1: for sure, but not look how good we are in the prideful sense, but look how good this instruction that God has given us and has made us. This is just the observation that I make. I'm not going to say that because there's large groups of Christians who make the same claim. Oh yes, dude, totally, 100. percent But when you really boil like boil it down to okay, what is what is the essential? christian look like what is the bible advocating for what did jesus look like and how did jesus r- relate and interact with people we see this intermingling you know this connection between okay we have you know a god who's made great people you know through his decrees and statues and whatever it is but at the same time that is really close mm. like
0: i think this is i think this is what we need to learn from each other mm. we have as christians tended to make god one of the fellas mm. And, and that's completely missing the point. Christians need to learn from Islam and Judaism how great God is. Yes. And Judaism and Islam need to learn from Christianity about the relational aspect of God and the relationship that we can have with God. Mm-hmm. Because the devil likes to you know try and separate all this stuff and push people to extremes all the time mm. and, uh, and whatnot. Anyway, text message coming through right now, petitions, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings for everyone, including kings. And all Ooh. in authority. Yeah, First Timothy chapter two, classic. That was from Philly, so well done, Philly. Uh, great passage right there. Thanks for sharing that with us and our listeners this morning. Let's go to Genesis chapter twelve and verse two. Genesis twelve
1: and verse two. Turning over the pages right now. Now Genesis chapter twelve and verse. Two, where the Bible says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you'll be a blessing
0: to others. There you go. There's the promise. There's the original promise mm. right there. How was it that Abraham was going to be a blessing to others? Because I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing to others. What's mm. that an allusion to?
1: Well, it'd be like, in, in the ultimate sense, uh, the it, it was alluding to Jesus. That's right. Absolutely.
0: Mm. Let's go to Genesis 18, verse 18.
1: Genesis 18 and verse 18, where the Bible says, For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations on earth will be blessed through him.
0: Fantastic verse right there, because when I read that verse, this is a verse that applies to Australia. Mm. And because it applies to Australia, it's something that we can really take to heart, because it says all nations will be blessed through Abraham. And Abraham is not my race. Mm. You know, this is not my great nation. But I've been blessed through Abraham because it was through Abraham that Jesus Christ came to this world and he gave his life for you and I. He died on Calvary, he suffered for our sins, and he died for us.
1: You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Dude, that's awesome. Actually, probably one of the best. <laughs> At one time I was controlling the phones for Shell. I think she had gone to the bathroom or something, and I was doing the phones just after the show had finished, and a person had called up and had gone, hello? And I was like, hello? And they're like, oh, so when do you want me to drop off these roofing, you know? And I'm, I'm like, sir, this is a radio station. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, oh, sorry.
0: Goodbye. <laughs> it happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. We send messages to the wrong numbers. Mm-hmm. All right, where are we up to in our Bible study? Isaiah chapter forty-nine and verse six is where we're heading to next. Isaiah forty-nine verse six. Let's see what the Bible says. All right, Isaiah 49, first
1: of the major prophets in the Old Testament, after the book of, uh, after the book of, I, th- I believe it's Proverbs or Song of Solomon, the one that comes before Isaiah. But so forty-nine and verse nine. Six. Six. The Bible says, he says, you will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles and you will bring my salvation to the ends
0: of the earth. Okay, so this is a pretty pretty big promise that we've got Mm. right here. Is it too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob to restore and the preserved ones of Israel? Um, I will give you as a light to the Gentiles. Mm. So what we're doing is we're looking at some Messianic prophecies here this morning. Uh, That teach us that you know the reason that this was a great nation. Okay, so this now we come down to the third reason that Uh made Israel a great nation. The first reason is the great laws that they had. Mm -hmm. The second reason was that God's nearness to them, Mm. you know, the kind of relationship they had with God. You know, probably the the closest religion that still exists today to the ancient religions that surrounded the nation of Israel uh, at the time that these laws were given would be Hinduism. Mm. And uh, you see a lot of fear in Hinduism, but what you don't see is just overwhelming love for their gods. They have many gods. Mm. You don't see that. You don't have that sense of overwhelming love for those gods. You don't have that sense of I would give my life for this god because he has given his life for me.
1: Yeah, and that's because like the history of Hinduism isn't intertwined with the history of the countries that of that worship it. It's like, oh yeah, so ten million years ago there was a god, and he existed, and he did this, and now we worship him. Yeah, and and there's more, and now we fear him. Yeah versus like what's what we're reading in the bible like oh yeah god saved. you can, the people, you can wake up like, in the morning and, and spend
0: time with your god and read the book that he gave to us which is you know basically his love letter to us that tells us all about love you know yeah. and that
1: well that's our context now but for these guys at that time it's like yeah. oh man i can look at you know in very recent history you know if we talk about like yeah what is this like 3,000 years ago and, well, this was what, two and a half thousand years ago when this prophecy is being told about 3,000 years ago when they're in the wilderness. Like this is like, you know, there are human beings who are living and are interacting with a God. They're seeing the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud, like, this is very real to them, mm. um, but uh, and and it's like, man, that's pretty scary, and they were pretty scared, like, oh, okay, no, actually God showed up. That's pretty intense. Um, but then, with the message of, oh dude,'ve I'm doing everything for you, I've done everything for you. I want to lead you into peace and prosperity and you know, be close to you guys, to love you, to have a relationship with you. It's powerful.
0: mm. mm. indeed. All right. Ah, where are we up to? Let's go to our next passage here, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 17.
1: Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 17. I'm just getting... Over the page of the Bible says they offered sacrifices to demons which are not gods, to gods they had not known before, to new gods only recently arrived, to gods their ancestors never feared.
0: Okay, so this is talking about the nations that were around them. And it was interesting, you know, and and it's an interesting commentary on human nature right here because Mm. the Bible says they sacrificed to demons, not God. Mm. They're not sacrificing to, you know, these gods that they're sacrificing to, they're actually demons. Mm. Um. And then it, the next line is, "To gods they did not know," mm. and this is why God says, "I, I'm, I'm, I want to be a God that near, that is near to you. I want to be a God that has a relationship with you. I want to be a God that has a connection to you." And then it goes on, and this is the bizarre part of it: to new gods, new arrivals. So, new god turns up. It's like, "Yep, we'll worship him too." Mm. And in the ancient world, it was much like the world today, where they would worship anyone but Yahweh. Mm and they kind of just throwed everything
1: thrown everything in here yeah. hey i could imagine a situation where it's like oh man we're having a drought do we have a rain god oh no we don't okay it's t- it's
0: t- well phoenicia has a rain god let's go get him
1: yeah that's right it's like oh dude we can't
0: catch any fish do we have a fish god you know just- dagon and dagon's a fish god let's go get him that's right mm-hmm. baal is a rain god dagon is, uh, a, fa- <laughs> is, a, is a fish god <laughs> that's right and you know uh, One of the challenges was, you know, in Egypt, where you had like three and a half thousand different gods, is that they came in different forms depending on which city that you were in. Mm. And you've got stories about, you know, people, you know, written for us in hieroglyphs that we can actually read these stories today, where, you know, you've got an individual who prays to one of these gods and gets the wrong answer. Mm. And he's like, there's another version of that same God in the next city over. He's a little bit different, so go and pray to him. So he ends up playing to the same God three times in three different places because the same God is split personality with three different, you know, it's yeah, just like within different cities. Yeah. Within different cities, a different God. And so you just, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite, you know, creative. Mm. Um, but you know when it talks about new god 's new arrivals, the thing that goes through my mind is this: we will pretty much embrace anything that comes along except God mm. you know and and these nations that embrace any God that came along except yahweh
1: mm. and I think it goes back to the point that we made before it was like what made Israel great was the acceptance of the amazing laws that God had given them and Because the God, like the gods of, dude, isn't that true? Wow. Like, would you rather make moral change in your life or just pay to live terribly? Yeah, wow. And that's what we saw with the people. Like, it's either, okay, I have to be motivated to change or I can just pay to be the same. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, isn't it like, and and you think about that equation, it's like, oh man, what's easier to do? It's like, oh, well, I can go to work earn money and pay to stay the same. And that's what they did. It's like, oh, I just have to sacrifice my children to the fish god, and then I'm I'm good. Whereas God was calling for something so much more from Israel.
0: Indeed, indeed. The final line of this verse was uh, that your fathers did not fear. Gods that your fathers did not fear. So they were mm-hmm. happy to embrace new gods as so long as it wasn't. Yahweh. So many verses that we could look at here. Uh, we always seem to run out of time. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons, the Bible says in Psalms 106, verse Oof. 37. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, Lyle, our question
1: of the day is, if the Holy Trinity are all equally God,
0: should we be praying to all three? Yeah, it's a really good question. And the Bible actually answers this question because, and what's interesting about this question is that all three members of the Godhead are involved in our prayers Mm. in different ways. And that's important because you've got three different members of the Godhead who do different things. Uh, and, and, and so, for instance, you know, we looked at some of the places in the Bible last time we talked about the Godhead where you've got, um, for instance, you know, the Father speaks from heaven, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, the Son comes up out of the water at the baptism of Jesus. Three different, three different persons doing three different things at the same time. And that's what you've got happening with prayer. And so, when it comes to prayer, the Bible tells us exactly who we should pray to. Mm. All right, so the Bible says, and Jesus, of course, gave us a great example of this in his example prayer. In Luke chapter 11, uh, it came to pass as he was uh, praying, this is in verse 1, in a certain place, uh, when, he, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples to pray. And he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father who is in heaven. So the Bible teaches us very, very clearly who to pray to. Who to address our prayers to? We are to address our prayers to the Father. Mm. That's the first point. The second point is when we go over to the Gospel of John. And this time, in whose name do we pray? So we address our prayer to the Father, but we address that prayer to the Father in the name of somebody. And in John chapter 15 and verse 16, the Bible says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go. No, nope, that's not the verse I have looking for. Verse 15. Sorry, one verse out. Verse 15. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knows not, his Lord, not what his Lord does, but I've called you friends for all things that I've... No, that's not the verse I've... No, I was in verse 16. I'm confused here. Anyway, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth much fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name... He will give it to you. So here's the second point in relationship to prayer. The Bible says that we are to pray to the Father. We address our prayer to the Father. But when we do so, we are to address it to the Father in the name of Jesus because Jesus is the member of the Godhead who is our intercessor. He is the one who gave his life for us, and it's because Jesus gave his life for us that we have the right to come to the throne of grace, that we have the right to address the Father. We have the right to do that based on the blood of Jesus Christ. If it was not for the blood of Jesus Christ, we would have no right whatsoever at all to be speaking to God the Father. But because Jesus has died for us, we have that right. Okay, so there's where the Son fits in. So we address our prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ or by the authority that Jesus gives us to go to the Father um, at that particular time. And then... After we have addressed our prayer to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit kicks in. And if we go to Romans chapter 8, where are we here in Romans chapter Uh, 8? The Spirit bears. And I'm looking for the verse. Here it is. Here it is. Where is it? It has disappeared. It's right here in front of me. But anyway, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that we cannot utter, which is another way of saying that you know our prayers are a bit lame sometimes, but the Holy Spirit makes them super powerful because he knows and reads our heart and translates those words into something super meaningful. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.